Psalm 23, beginning at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, we stand before you right now. We ask that you bless your word, God, that you anoint it with your spirit. That you speak to each and every one of our hearts, Lord, that, that you would have a special word for us. And that we would leave this place, God, with you having spoken to us directly. And that we would find healing, transformation, freedom, hope, God, and trust and faith in you. So I pray for your touch upon this study in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know if you caught this on the news last weekend. A Norwegian cruise ship on a nine-night trip made news when it smashed into this iceberg near Alaska. The iceberg was what they call a growler, and they say it was about the size of a semi-truck. No one was injured, and the ship was able to turn back go to Juneau, Alaska, for inspection. But with the cruise being canceled... They traveled all the way back to Seattle for repairs, and the company, of course, gave refunds and discounts for future vacations because the cruise was cut short. I thought it was interesting. This industry expert said that it is, I quote, extraordinary rare for basically ships to hit icebergs. It was interesting. Someone posted a video on Twitter actually showing the iceberg strike the ship and then, like, turning over in the water while the ship went by it. People on board felt the whole boat shake when it hit the iceberg, and it was cut in half. And I, I thought this was interesting. One woman who was jogging was actually knocked over by the impact. So that was, that was a pretty good jolt there. Uh, one passenger even shouted when they saw the iceberg. They shouted, it is Titanic 2.0 referring to the tragedy of the RMS Titanic, right, that struck the iceberg in 1912 and sank. But I have to say when I read that it is not Titanic 2.0 because the cruise ship made it back. Yeah, it made it through. Well, we return in our in-depth study of Psalm 23, and no matter what we find is no matter what you go through, no matter what is happening, Jesus, your shepherd, will make sure that you make it. That Jesus is telling us, God will tell us today, that we will make sure, he will make sure that we will make it safely through. And that's the title of our message this morning, Safely Through, Safely Through. And we're going to be studying Psalm 23, verse 4, just verse 4. We made it to verse 4 now in the past three weeks. We're in the fourth week. And in this verse, we're going to see two main things. And number one one is the shepherd's personal presence. And number two, the shepherd's personal 
protection. So we're going to see his presence and protection here. And that's our outline. That is really our points here too. So let's take a look here. Number one in our outline, the shepherd's personal presence. The shepherd's personal presence. And take a look with me here now. Psalm 23, verse 4, it begins here. And it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We'll stop right here. Now, remember this psalm uh, of David that he, he, he wrote here. He is now continuing on about the relationship between the shepherd and his sheep. That's the analogy. And it really speaks of God and his people. And so we've been seeing that in these first three verses. And here in verse 4... David goes on to say that even though I walk through the valley, even though, with those two words actually connect us with what he was talking about earlier when he talked about he restores my soul in verse 3, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So it connects to what he's previously stated in verse 3 in that God, he leads me. Right? He leads me in the path of righteousness or the right path. So even though, this is what David is saying, even though we're on this dark path, this valley, it doesn't mean that the shepherd is leading you on the wrong path. He's really saying it's still that path of righteousness, that, path, that right path that God brings us on sovereignly in our lives. And that's how it relates to the, the verse before, that the shepherd isn't putting you on the wrong path when we go down these valleys. We know, right, about trials and tribulation in James 1, that we can still trust God in that, that sovereignly he's doing the work, because we know trials are there to grow you, not destroy you. And we understand that, and, and that's what's unfolding really in front of us. So David says, even though, even though, yeah, he, he leads us in, in the good path, the right path, but even though I walk through the valley. Now the valley for a, a sheep it's, and the shepherd, it speaks of those deep and low valleys that they go through. And this valley, it, it's dark, and it seems to cast a shadow of death. Now, that phrase, the shadow of death, really is Hebrew talk. And it talks about it's a deep and dark valley. It's a, it's a difficult valley to go through. It's, it's something that's dangerous. And, and, and it, it, it could be a, a place where harm can come. So that's what David's saying. Even though I walk through this valley of this dangerous place, this difficult place, this dark place, this shadow of death, it casts a shadow. Yeah? And so you can imagine the sheep going through this, these ravines, these canyons. Yeah? There's high and steep walls on both sides. They, they cast a shadow. It blocks the sunlight. And for the sheep to go through that, remember, they don't have any natural defenses at all. They, they, right? they, they, they're, they're basically pretty timid. And for them, these places are pretty scary, going down the canyons, the, the ravines, uh, rushing water could, could be going down in that deep place. And remember, they, don't like the, they like still waters, not the rushing waters as we saw earlier. 
There's caves on the side of the walls of this ravine, and there predators could be ready to pounce on them. There's holes all over, and maybe there's other, other kind of things that can get them. And, and usually the path isn't the most smooth path. It could be rocky. So that's why David writes here, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it, it's scary. It's, it, it could be harmful. But what we must understand is this is part of the life of the sheep for the shepherd to take the sheep through the dark valleys. They must go through the dark valleys. Do you know why? Well, this is our first point I want you to see. is In, in this first part of this verse, is number one, you cannot get to the highlands without going through the dark valleys. That's what's happening here. You cannot get to the highlands without going through the dark valleys. Now, in the springtime, the flock spends its time in the lower fields. But when summer comes, it brings the heat, the lack of rain. The shepherd wisely brings the flock to the highlands. There, the grass is still green. There, the air is cool. And the shepherd knows the best route to get there. And it's through these valleys. It's through these ravines. And there's no other way to get there. So you cannot get to the highlands without going through the dark valley. Isn't that true? I've been just mentioning that. Yeah, With our life with God, the only way to grow is trials. The only way, that's what God uses. The, the, the only way to become the person God is making us to be is through these hard times. That's where he shapes our character, shapes who we are. The only way to really grow close to Jesus and experience him is through the hard times, the dark valleys. The only way that we learn to really trust God more, to have more faith, is going through the dark valleys. It's going through the valley in order to reach the higher ground with God. That's what happens in our life with trials and tribulation. And that's what David is writing about. As he takes the analogy of the shepherd and his sheep, he's, he's taking that thought of, wow, we go through these valleys, these dark valleys, these, these valleys that seem scary, that are difficult, that are rocky. It's the shadow of death to us. We have to go through them. But that is to reach the highlands. There's a second thing we see here is that you must consider the shadow as only a shadow. He says the shadow of death. Yeah? Death is not there. This is not the end. Going through these troubles and trials, it's not the end, end. Not at all. You know, many times, as, as you probably experience, Psalm 23 is read at memorial services and, and funerals. For, for it's true. We, we know that for a believer in Christ... If you have Jesus in your life, you know that when this life here ends, we will be in heaven. We know that that death is but a shadow. It, it, it's not the end. We don't end up there. Jesus said, remember in John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. So verse 4, is, it's a comfort. 
to, to believers facing death. It's only a shadow. It's not the end. It's not where we end up, but it's really on the other end of this valley, yeah, is the beginning of the highland of heaven and living with Jesus in heaven. But, you know, for our journey here, as we go through life here on earth, on our path of life, there is a fear in those dark valleys we go through. There, there, there is this, this difficulty we, we don't, like, go through, yeah. But David is writing here, it's only a shadow. In the dark valleys of life that bring fear, fear of harm, fear of trouble or, or danger, they're only shadows. Think about that, without substance. This is not the end. God in His sovereign plan, He is working something in here, and that's what we trust God in. That any of the dark valleys, anything that you're going through, that there is light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. There's something there that God is working through us, in us, through that journey there. And so, understand, it is a shadow of death. You're not going to end up there. In God's incredible plan for your life, in His sovereignty over your life, He has something for you. And it's just a shadow of what your fears are playing into. The other day, I was, you know, driving on Hana Highway, and a, the, the plane flew over me going to land, yeah? And, and you could see the shadow, like, whoosh, come, come right through me, yeah? The shadow didn't, didn't, you know, run into my truck. As far as I know, no shadow ever hurt anybody. And that's what this is. It's a shadow of death. So you must consider the shadow as only a shadow. So you cannot get to the high mountain without going through the dark valley. You must consider the shadow only as a shadow. And here's one more thing I want you to see. Number three is you will make it through the valley. God will bring you through to the other side. Notice here, again, verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We're going through it. Yeah, We're not ending up there. I, I think about um, when Jesus told the disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side, go, you know, of the Sea of Galilee. And so they all sailed there, and they're going over the lake. But it was on that trip that right in the middle of the lake, they ran into this storm, right? And, and that's when Jesus, uh, he, he was sleeping. They woke him up. Hey, we're perishing. And then Jesus stilled the storm, and then we see next he made it to the other side. You know, in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. He did not say, let us go under, yeah, but he said, let us cross over. And that's what we must realize. You will make it through the valley. God will bring you through to the other side. You will make it safely through. So perhaps this morning, this is the word for you. I believe that God gives us a special message every time we meet, whether it's Wednesday or Sunday, and we're studying the Word, that He has a word for us. And perhaps this is the word for you guys, that you will make it through. You won't go under. You will cross over. The valley is not your end. You will not be stuck there in the shadow. God will get you through the valley, and you will make it to the other side. Now, 
how can David write like this? How can he call it the shadow of death? How can he say through and all of that? How, how can he write this with so much confidence? How can David be so sure he will make it through? Well, that's what we see next. David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. David says, you know, I, I will fear no evil. I'm not afraid of going through this valley. I'm not afraid of the shadows. I'm not afraid of going down into the dark valley. Why? Well, David says, for you are with me. I want you to notice something here. David writes that, that who is that you? We've been seeing that, right? From verse 1, we've been seeing the Lord is my shepherd. Yahweh is my what? Personal shepherd. That, that's what he meant. We studied that way back in verse 1. And right here, David gets even more personal. Notice David doesn't say, for he is with me. He writes, for you are with me. He, he gets real personal here. He says, in others, God is personally right here. For you, God, you personally are with me. And he understands, right? He was a shepherd before. He understands how important that is because sheep feel more secure and safe because the shepherd is, when the shepherd is right there. They, 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 they can settle down. So David says the presence of the shepherd basically melts away his fears. I was thinking about how the Lord put Joshua's mind at ease. Remember when he was taking he was taking over leadership. Moses had passed away, and he was taking leadership over the the children of Israel. And he was the one to lead them into the promised land and fight all the battles and lead the the nation into there. And and the Lord put Joseph's mind at ease in Joshua one five. The Lord told him, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Isn't that beautiful? God's promised to be there and he puts Joshua's mind at ease. So here's what I want you to see overall. That David is saying, the shepherd's personal presence puts my mind at ease. This is what David is saying. The shepherd's personal presence puts my mind at ease. Even though I go through this valley, the valley of the shadow, this dark valley, where I'm I'm fearful, it's it's scary of what might come, or what might happen to me. David's saying, you know what, his presence... I will fear no evil to happen to me in the valley of shadow of death because the shepherd's personal presence, him being right there, puts my mind at ease. That's what he's saying here in this first part. I was thinking about David Livingston. He was a pioneer missionary in the 1800s, and he was world famous for his exploration of the deepest, darkest of Africa. He was, he was, he was a pioneer explorer, but he was actually a Christian. A missionary, and he went into Africa where no one had gone in the 1800s. When asked about why he keeps returning, even facing so much danger and harm, Livingston actually opens his Bible or he points to Matthew 28 20, 
where Jesus said, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Then Livingston replies, It is the word of a gentleman of the most strict and sacred honor. And on these words, I stake everything. He has never failed me. I love that. I love that. So listen, you can trust God even in the valleys. He will guide you through. Know this today. Know this, that no matter what this valley is, you can trust God in that. Sometimes in my valleys, I think, why, Lord? Why, why this? Why this place? Why did this happen? Why, Lord? But we have to come to a place that it's enough that the shepherd knows. We have to come to understanding that, well, we know the shepherd is leading us to the highlands. And we have to trust in him that the shepherd knows. That as you guys know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. We trust in who God is, his love for us, his care for us, that he has a sovereign plan in our lives so we can trust him even in the middle of the valleys. And we can trust him especially because he's right there with us, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So David writes that he knows he will make it safely through because of the shepherd's personal presence being there right with him. Well, let's go on here to number two, the shepherd's personal protection. The shepherd's personal protection. Now we go to the second part of verse four. And it says here, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So as David goes on and he's, he's thinking about all this, right? And he's thinking about going down this analogy into the valley of the shadow of death, into that ravine. David lists two of the shepherd's equipment that is always with the shepherd. That, that is with the shepherd. You know, he's, he has these implements as he goes through the valley. And the first thing that David mentions is your rod. Now, the rod for a shepherd is like this club-like stick. It's uh, about two feet long. It, it hangs on his side, and sometimes there's even nails or, or something sharp embedded into the wood so that with, like, one blow, he can kill a, a predator, that he can, he can, you know, knock him out or, or with that sharp nail in there. He can just kill any predators that, that come uh, toward the sheep. So what we see when, when David says, your rod, the first thing we see is the shepherd's rod speaks of how God protects and defends his sheep. That's the idea. So the rod helps the sheep be okay going through that valley because he, they know the shepherd, of course, being there, but now that the, sh- the shepherd with his rod speaks of how God protects and defends the sheep. 
Take a moment and turn over to John chapter 10 in the New Testament. John chapter 10, and uh, I like these two verses in relation to this. John chapter 10, verse 27 and 28. John 10, verse 27 and 28. Here Jesus is speaking, and uh, he gets into analogy again of shepherd and sheep here. And in John 10, verse 27, Jesus says this, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. And then verse 28, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Isn't that great to know? That as a shepherd, we, his sheep, he's going to protect us. He's going to be there defending us, that that we're never going to perish. He has his rod, yeah, to protect us. That, that Jesus is saying, no one can snatch you out of my hand. No one can. Nothing can. And that's the protection that God gives us. That's the defense that God gives us. Know this today. God is your protector. God is the one who will fight your battles. You shall not fear for them, Deuteronomy 3.22 says, for it is the Lord your God who fights for you. He's the one. The shepherd's rod speaks of how God protects and defends his sheep. All right, back to Psalm 23. Psalm 23 now, verse 4. David writes, your rod, and next, secondly, your staff. So now he mentions a second thing that the shepherd carries, your staff. Now, what is the shepherd's staff? Well, we probably know that more than a rod, yeah. We've seen pictures, and we understand this. And if you study Psalm 23, you know it's this long stick, right? It's about six feet long, and at one end is a a crook, we call it, yeah, a little hook, right? And, And that is always in his hand also. So the rod is there, but also this staff. You see, with the staff, the shepherd can, like, check holes, poking into holes and and caves even, poking in them, maybe chasing out any uh, snakes or scorpions or something that might be harmful to the sheep as he leads them along the path. Uh, Also, with the staff, he can turn it where the crook is and he can, he can gently, like, guide the sheep. He can, he can, you know, put it on its side and then push them a little this way or steer them a little this way and this way. It, I even read that with the, the hook on it, the reason that they can take the hook, and when a sheep is kind of out of reach, it, they can even take the hook and hook, and hook, it, hook it around their, gently around their, their neck and, and kind of pick them up a little, move them. And even this with that hook, I, I read that they can catch part of the wool and kind of twist it a little bit. And if they're really out of reach or maybe in, in, in a little ravine, they can actually pick the whole sheep up, you know, like twist up the wool and pick the whole sheep up and then set it back on the path and then let it go, unwind it, let it go. So what we see secondly is the shepherd's staff speaks of how God guides and rescues his sheep. The shepherd's staff speaks of how God guides and rescues his sheep. This is our Lord. This is God. 
This is God taking care of us, watching over us, guiding us. Maybe you're in a valley today and, and it's hard. You don't know which way to go. You don't know which way is out. But the shepherd, your Lord Jesus, he knows how to guide you out. And if you get in a little trouble, Jesus is there to rescue you. That's who our shepherd is, Jesus Christ. Martin Luther once said, I know not the way he leads me, but well do I know my guide. What have I to fear? So no matter what you're going through right now, no matter what is overwhelming you, know that the shepherd's staff here speaks of how God will guide you and and rescue you if you get into trouble. You're going to be okay with God, your shepherd. So knowing God is there to protect and guide, David writes of this rod and staff near at the very end of verse 4. Your rod and your staff. What's the last three words of this verse? They comfort me. It, it gives David relief. It, it, there's calmness in David now. There's, there's peace when David sees the shepherd with the rod and staff. So here's our overall point here in this section, and our, our last point for this morning. The shepherd's personal protection puts my heart at peace. That's what David is saying. The shepherd's personal protection puts my heart at peace. There's a lot of things that can happen in our world, in our lives. There's a lot of things that we're overwhelmed with worry and concern. There's a lot of things, whether at work or in your family, maybe your marriage, relationships, maybe it's financial, maybe it's, it's, it's your future you're not sure of. But knowing God is there with you in the valley and he has his rod and staff, that he's personally there with you and personally protecting you, it should give you peace, should help you with that. Know that today. You know, every night, um, my wife and I, we have this routine to make sure that the house is all locked. I don't know if you guys do that. You know, before you go to bed, yeah? Um, before we go upstairs to bed, we, we make sure the windows are closed and we check all the doors. Sometimes um, uh, there's a window left open or there's, you know, a door we forgot that we had opened and it's unlocked. So I make sure everything is locked and, and, and then we can go upstairs and, and I brush my teeth and everything and then go lie in bed. But I, one time I, I did all that, we did all that, went upstairs and I laid down and, and I got all comfortable in bed. And then I thought, wait, did, did, I, did I make sure the front door was locked? You know? And, and I asked my wife, did, did I lock the front door? Yeah, yeah. But even though she told me that, you know, your mind starts spinning, yeah? Well, I don't know. What if I didn't? Oh, no. You know? And, and I was almost like, ah, oh, I just got comfortable, right? But I didn't have that peace in my heart. So I had to go up, you know, get up, go out the door, go downstairs, and like, oh, okay, it was locked. Ah, oh, 
you know, should I listen to my wife, you know, kind of thing. You know, I'm actually thinking of getting one of those um, electronic deadbolt things, you know, where you could just use your phone and lock it. I was thinking, oh, that would be so convenient because I can even look at my phone in bed and go, oh, it's locked, I'm okay, <laughs> or lock it in that way. But isn't that the way we are? If we feel like we're not safe, we feel like the harm might come, we're not at peace. But we need to put our faith in the Lord that no matter what this valley is, God is there and God is protecting you and you can be at peace. That's our faith. That's our faith in God. God will protect you. He will lead you. He will help you navigate through the valley, you guys. We just need to put our faith in Him. Remember when Jesus told the woman who reached out in in faith and touched His robe and she was healed? What did Jesus tell her? In Mark 5, 34, Jesus told her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. And He said, Go in peace. Let's put our faith in, in our shepherd today. Let's Pray and give our worries to God. Let's give Him everything we're concerned about, our fears, the difficulty in front of us that we don't want to deal with. Let's give that to the Lord. So many times when I pray and I think of Philippians 4, 6 about do not worry but let your requests be made known to God. I literally picture my mind. I'm holding on to my fears. I'm holding on to all my worries. I'm holding on to those things that have put me in this valley. And I literally, in my mind, just go like this and, and, and put it into God's hands. That's what that means to me. To let your request be made known to God. To give Him the word. To give Him those things. To cast your burden upon the Lord. And then Philippians 4, 7 says, And then the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And that's when I get the peace. So give Him your worries. Give Him your concerns. Have faith that the shepherd is personally there protecting you, taking care of you. And He will put your heart to peace. So you see in Psalm 23, the way to the highlands, yeah, is only through these valleys. But we need not fear, right? Because God is with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's for us. He's protecting us. He's there guiding us. And with all that we know, we will make it through safely. Safely. I want to close with this. Corey Tamboom, the Christian Holocaust survivor, you remember her? Um, she wrote a book entitled In My Father's House, which told the story of her life before the Nazi death camps and all that happened there. And it was interesting, at the end of the book, on the very last page, she quoted and shared something that her father often said to her. And this is what she wrote. When Jesus takes your hand, he keeps you tight. 
When Jesus keeps you tight, he leads you through your whole life. When Jesus leads you through your life, he brings you safely home. That's our shepherd. That's the Lord Jesus who will bring us safely through. Let's pray. Lord, as we finish here in this verse and just studying this verse and coming to understand exactly what it means, Lord, we thank you that we have found and discovered, Lord, that you are with us, Lord. That as the shepherd leads his sheep through the dark valleys to get to the highlands, Lord, you are with us, God. Lord, let us put our faith and hope in knowing that you are leading us to the highlands and the dark valleys aren't forever. But let us hold on to this fact that your presence is with us. You are with us. And with that, we can be put at ease. Lord, sometimes I am not at ease. Many times I'm... I'm pacing in my, inside of me. I'm, I'm spinning about things. But God, whenever I pray and come into your presence, whenever I worship you, even when I come to church, I find myself at ease because I sense you. And I pray for that right now. I pray for those in this room who are having a hard time. The valley is dark. There's fear. It's difficult. But I pray that they would sense your presence more than ever before. That you, by your Spirit, would touch us in a way, every one of us, God, that we would sense your presence and know you are right here with us, Lord. Oh, ease our troubled hearts and minds, Lord. And God, I pray for anyone here that Lord, is in fear, God, of their lives, Lord. They're in the valley. But God, may we imagine your rod and your staff, how you comfort us and you give us peace, Lord, knowing that we will make it. Sometimes we think, okay, we'll get to the other end, but what am I going to be like on the other end? Will I be destroyed on the way? What will be left of me? But God, you promised to protect us, to defend us, to be there, God. So I pray for your peace upon us right now. And Lord, as we move into this time of communion, we remember that you died on the cross for us, Lord. And your sacrifice only tells us how much you love us. God, you are our loving shepherd who isn't just there leading us, but you're loving on us and you're caring for us. And we, how we know? Because of what you did on the cross. The greatest manifestation of love ever when you atone for our sins. So God, may we find Rest and peace in your love as you are our shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen.